Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Lago Finance discussion hosted by the miners of Cadenia. Let's take a listen. Guys, we're starting this a tiny bit early, a few minutes before schedule, so we're just going to let everybody have a couple of minutes to join up. Meanwhile, feel free to go get yourself a cup of coffee or something, and we'll be starting in a jiffy. Hey, Matt, is uh, Sergio joining us for this uh, chat? Yes, he should be on momentarily. Awesome. Just want you guys to know that I'm so excited for this chat that I'm actually letting my burger go cold. And that doesn't usually happen. Oh, man, it's going to be like ice cold by the end of it. What are you doing? Beat it. And that is why microwaves exist. Good point. How is everyone anyway? Uh, it's good to see people joining us. We've got Bendy here, Spaceman. Hey, brothers. Did we make sure to share this Hello? on Discord as well? Yeah, yeah, it's all shared, yeah. Awesome. So, Adam, you decide. When you give the approval, we can get started. Okay, we'll just give it another um, 30 seconds or so, a few more people, John. Okay. In the meantime, how's everyone's day been? Is everyone good? No. Hi, Mike Check. I am Sergio, and uh, I don't have a burger on my desk. Oh, you're missing out. <laughs> oh, <not> yeah. <laughs> it's better to not have a burger on your desk than have a burger on your desk and not be able to munch on it. I don't know. I mean, it's noon here. So, frankly, I should have planned ahead for this. I'm going to go and starve during this call. Oh, I'm so hungry. You need to eat. You need to eat. Well, well let's get this. Um, we, might, we might as well start since Sergio's here now. We've got a few people join us. Um, so, well, welcome, everyone. Um, I'm Adam, the community manager at Miners of Cardania. Uh, today, we've got Lago Finance. Uh, we've got Sergio and Matt joining us. And we've also got um, our CEO, Dor. Um, Hello. He's joining us as well. So, hey, everyone. If you all want to just go around and introduce yourselves. Sure. Lago Finance, would you guys uh, like to start? Oh, yeah. We'd love to. Thanks for having us here. First of all, it's um, it's good to connect on a more relaxed uh, wavelength sometimes. I'm, I'm Sergio. Uh, I am Italian. I, I worked and lived all around the world. 
did companies in Web 1, Web 2, Web 3. No, I'm venturing to Web 5 yet, but frankly, I'm a big fan of self-sovereign identity. So de facto, I'm there already. And um, I met my co-founder, Matt, at a previous company. We clicked very well. Uh, we have a very similar vision. Uh, we also live nearby physically, so it makes it easy for us to have uh, brainstorming sessions poolside. And um, we started Lago Finance a couple of months ago as we realized that there's uh, better ways to manage liquidity. And uh, if you look at how liquidity flows in the natural environment, it always flows to the bottom of the valleys where it accumulates in lakes. So Lago is Italian or French or Latin for um, uh, lake. So um, that, that was the inspiration. Of course, uh, our vision has evolved a lot since uh, since liquidity purely and uh, in the form of H2O. And um, we're now here happy to talk to you about it. Matt, what do you say? Yes, so I'm Matt, the CFO of Lago Finance. Um, I basically had my entire background in Web3. Um, I had a short stint in TradFi. Basically, I dropped out of my master's program um, because I realized that crypto and Web3 was the future. Um, this was back around the, the early ETH days when it was still called the decentralized world computer that was going to have decentralized applications to take over every single use case. So I went ahead. I thought that that was an extremely enticing, appealing ideal. And I dropped out. I started an algorithmic trading platform because I saw that there was not very many tools for retail people, especially in terms of like risk management. Then we also had an institutional side where we were trying to give big data to the institutions. So I've been kind of building in the background of Web3 for a long time. Um, I went after that and ran an FX desk, um, which was very interesting. Um, that really showed me that there was like the world of Web3 was so far advanced from the world of Web2 that people don't even really fathom it. Um, so I was very hungry to get back in. So then I went and worked at another crypto project. And then a couple more later, I met Sergio. And we yeah got together. We decided that we wanted to do DeFi differently. We wanted to think of DeFi more as real just finance and try to bridge the gap between the TradFi world and the DeFi world. So that's what we're doing. That is bloody awesome. Uh, okay, so before I uh, before I introduce myself, uh, I'm gonna make my introduction extremely brief because I think everybody already knows me. But you mean to tell me that the word Lago Finance is actually a lake? I thought it was like a spinoff out of Algo. Well, that's a coincidence. Uh, in fact, I mean, it's four letters, right? So wow. you can flip them around. But no, it's totally a coincidence. In fact, I only thought about the algorithmic component later. Well, it worked extremely well for you guys. And the second thing I wanted to say is, uh, Matt, I also do have a very big um a lot of experience in the world of uh, foreign exchange. To whoever doesn't know, uh, before coming over to be building mock, I had a few family offices of uh, VC um, investments in general, together with other types of uh, consultancy jobs. So FX is something that is, to an extent, extremely close to my heart. And 
I just want all of you guys to know um, this entire idea of uh, being able to manage finances and especially something as tricky as stable coins or as bridges or DeFi in general, to be honest, if you have good knowledge of foreign exchange and you know you got an actuary in the team or you got that risk management and the knowledge of how those little tiny digits matter so massively, you're going to be good, right? So um, I'm not going to really introduce myself too much. Everybody knows me. So uh, let's get started. And um, let's, I think, know a bit more about you guys over here at Lago Finance. Like, what are you going to do for Cadena? Because you're going to give us a lot of things we don't have right now. Yeah, so our plan for Cadena is really to try to build the rails and infrastructure that's so needed right now at this early stage. Um, we're starting with a bridge. Um, we put out an article a few weeks ago about the importance of bridges to an ecosystem. Um, a, a lot of the major traffic that came to Solana, to Avalanche, to BSC was mostly in part to bridges that were able to bring that liquidity and bring those users from other chains. So we think it's extremely important. That's why it's our first product. We think getting that TVL to move mm -hmm. is so important long-term for the ecosystem. And then on top of that, the other thing that's always needed is a stablecoin. So we wanted to do something totally different with the stablecoin model and try to combine the best of both worlds. And then therefore try to create something that is really unique, but also very useful and that, you know, can uh, stand the test of time versus other stablecoin products out there right now. Yeah, I mean, lately, a lot of people are kind of scared when they hear stablecoins with the whole, uh, you know, UST debacle. And I think uh, Tron's stable is also having some issues right now. And the problem is the people don't really understand that not all stablecoins are born the same. There are a lot of different models. There are a lot of different ways of back up your stable coins. So are you going to have like a hybrid model for your stable coins? Is it going to be fully backed? Can you give us any teasers? Yes. So it's definitely going to be more of a hybrid model. Um, I'm not sure if anybody is familiar with Frax, but we took a lot of inspiration from them. We think what they're doing is very interesting. Um, so basically, we are trying to take the Frax model, but then also provide full redeemability like a USDC. So we want to take the best of all worlds and try to bring something, like I said, that's totally unique and new to Cadena that we think could really be the future of decentralized finance. Awesome. I think I met Sam, uh, Sam from, from Frax. I think it was last year or something, and he's a really stand-up guy, but... So Frax itself is not fully redeemable? Um, not really. It's um, algorithmically redeemable through a smart contract. Uh, you're looking for to look at the worst case scenario, obviously. So in case of a bank run and in case uh, every single holder of Frax token wants it immediately redeemed mm -hmm. back, uh, then there's not going to be enough USD for everyone. What they're going to have uh, uh, is the Go collateral collateral ratio of I think it's ninety one percent today in US USDC or similar, and the rest in FXS tokens, and um, the, those tokens have to be minted on demand for that specific operation. And so you can see how this 
uh, scaled up to a scenario where every single one of those 1.5 billion is uh, redeemed at once will uh, create hyperinflation of FXS token and, uh, and loss of value there. Um, when, so in, in a bigger picture a scenario where we see the big promise of, uh, of cryptocurrencies and blockchains and Web3, we always try to uh, claim that the real big uh, products, the real uh, utilization at scale will come when mainstream users will be able to transact with blockchain without having to know that it's blockchain. Um, that is the ultimate goal for everyone. Um, this phase that we're living now, where we, the, 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 the experts and the, the trailblazers, handle um, uh, browser extension wallets uh, and, and touch 20 tokens a day, uh, 20 as in different token types a day, is not what the mainstream market is going to be, obviously. So the mainstream market is going to be uh, random people that are uh, relatively less uh, uh, educated about technology that uh, are able to transact uh, better in a more fluid way uh, with um, with better uh, UX and with better um, convenience, um, but with a blockchain uh, backend. So those dollars, those monies that transact on the backends have to be institutional grade because we, we can't just have uh, a, a gra like grassroots uh, startup apps uh, creating the future of finance. It has to be a joint effort of traditional finance and uh, Web3 uh, applications and startups. Uh, in order for that to happen, the stable coins that will run through the beans of this new financial system have to be 100% um, uh, um, collateralized and uh, um, reliable. Unfortunately, any any serious institutional player uh, that transacts with a uh, huge amounts of money cannot accept that for some reason only 90% of those dollars uh, are, are actually uh, being settled in the end. That's how we came to the conclusion that a hybrid approach between the high level of testability and, and, and transparency and uh, um, um, diligence of USDC and the, the capital efficiency and the decentralization and great governance uh, of frags, um, somewhere in between or so, or something that has both of those aspects uh, could potentially power the future of finance. Definitely. Um, two, three weeks ago, I actually met with uh, not a CFO, but like a relatively high scale accountant at one of the biggest uh, financial institutions we have right now. And we spoke quite a lot about uh, both Cadena and both when it comes to stable coins. And I've never seen an individual so frustrated about the subject of stable coins, of just wanting them so much, but on the other side, not being able to actually utilize them properly because the infrastructure is, as you, as you said, you know, you're not alone in this world. You got to interoperate with so many different uh, factors and individuals. But that's ultimately why stable coins and bridges in that case are so important because in crypto, more than anything else, we want stability, but we also want security, right? And the way I'm seeing it is that the moment we actually get got a proper and safe and stable, stable coin, 
that's the moment where we can actually start racking up TVL, right? And TVL is, you know, some people don't know this necessarily, but TVL is one of Mach's ultimate goals, right? Racking up and starting to create value locked within Kadena. Yeah, I would agree with that. Also, I would say that even more so than security and stability, decentralization is important. I mean, you know, we all left the TradFi world to come here and build something new that's totally different. So if we just, you know, give up and say, oh, well, I guess, you know, the centralized solutions are the best. I mean, we're not doing very good by the ethos of Web3. So to us, finding a way to build a decentralized application that is as rock solid as a centralized thing like USDC or USDT is paramount importance to us. And that's why we think that foundational DeFi infrastructure is so important to the future. Because otherwise, if nobody does it, if nobody tries to fight those giants, then we're just back to square one of basically using like glorified banks. True, but do you ever think we will get to the stage where decentralization can coexist to the same level of centralization? Do you ever think that a central bank will be using a decentralized bridge, for example? I think that's definitely possible. (laughs) Matt and I speak. I'm dying to get to that. Yeah, Sergio, go ahead. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's um, there's some, some there's some intrinsic power centralization that cannot be uh, replicated by a central entity. First of all, is resilience. Second, is transparency. Um, it's um, I mean, look at Bitcoin. That, that's it. The, the the best example is laying in front of us. Uh, no one knows a founder. No one knows uh, how to really go hack it and change it or, or take control over it. And it's unstoppable. I mean, very few governments have tried to regulate it with very little efficacy. Uh, it's not really creating oh, yeah. specific trouble, really, to the financial world. Uh, it's being embraced, in fact. Uh, regulatorily speaking, like if you look at uh, all the, the worst critiques of Bitcoin for facilitating uh, um, crime, of course, the holding debunked. In fact, most of crime has been actually traced uh, because Bitcoin is transparent mm-hmm. and allows to trace back transactions. So, <clears throat> yeah, of, co- of course, the, there's various flavors of crypto. And I don't I don't want to diverge into that. The point is that uh, decentralization can be can be very powerful. Look at the internet as we use it today it was born as a as an idea for uh, introduce resiliency in communications in uh, in the U.S. and and today it's it's a global network that that works really well. When you have an earthquake somewhere and, and some marine cables get cut, then still you 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 can access the internet various other routes. So those principles applied to finance can empower the world to be a better place, generally speaking, and also centralized entities to. Um, to access new markets and be uh, and be more resilient and uh, and powerful. I would also piggyback on the back of that and say that the thing about stablecoins is if you have a centralized solution, somebody owns that. It's revocable. They can go and they can wipe your account out whenever they want. And other financial institutions are never going to get behind a product like that in mass because they're not getting a cut of it. A decentralized solution like Bitcoin is much more attractive to them because they know that no one is in the background holding the keys to everything. You know, they don't want to move a trillion dollar system 
onto something where somebody can shut it down any day of the week. So I think that actually decentralization is more attractive to them than centralization, as long as they're not worried about the entity behind it tampering with the decentralized mechanisms. So I, we, we have been talking previously in previous AMAs regarding the subject of DAOs, but is a stable coin in your case, right, uh, decided upon to an extent by a DAO? Like, does a DAO have control over your stable coin or is it like more to the sense of deploy and forget? We haven't fully decided yet on exactly. I mean, we're definitely going to have a DAO. We haven't exactly ground down the details of how we want that to be. Um, I mean, there are many great models out there of how DAOs have been done. Um, we, we do definitely think that a DAO is extremely important for decentralized governance purposes, but we don't want to get um, it to the stage where you have issues like Solon is having right now. Yeah. and other protocols. We want to think a lot more deeply about this and think how do we bring other people into this and make sure that it is decentralized from the ground up and that there are really good processes in place to make sure that something like that never happens. So that's really important to us when we're thinking about all of this. We actually think the governance portion may be even more important than the actual product itself. Wow, that's actually a pretty powerful statement of like the governance being more powerful than the product itself. I got to think about it, right? Like if I would have to think uh, about us and mock regarding that aspect, I would never be able to honestly say something like that, both because I'm personally conflicted on the subject of governance, but both because I think that the product ultimately is the only thing that matters. And the governance in this case, needs to serve first and foremost the end product and the end product needs to serve the end user right but that's a really interesting thing i do think that DAOs, whether they fail or they succeed depends on actually true decentralization which doesn't really happen on proof of stake but also with incentives right if users are actually incentivized to be honest and good actors and participants of the actual governance system, then there's a very good chance that the DAO will succeed, right? And speaking of incentives, right, a lot of people have been asking us um, within the Telegram chat about uh, your stablecoin and is there going to be an IDO? How do people actually get access to your token uh, when it launches? Sergio got disconnected. Let's add him back, guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I would I would agree with uh, we're we're like I said with the DAO. I think that it's very important that we think all of this totally the full way through. Um, we are not committing to an IDO either. We don't want to. I think that there is so much about how you're going to distribute the token. And we don't want to rush into any harsh decisions, especially right now in the depths of a crypto crypto winter. I mean, there's, you know, right now prices are extremely low and we think that trying to distribute the token right now or in the next few months could be a huge mistake as far as, you know, allowing people to get too much exposure at the very beginning, if that makes sense, versus trying to do something when there's more participants involved in Kadena. I, I might understand that if it were like our token, right? We're entering our IDO next week and then we're starting to distribute tokens but 
how would how would that be relevant to stablecoin? Like with a distribution of a token, why is it relevant if it's actually a stablecoin and it's supposed to be stable? It's not supposed to be affected by the bear market. Well, the distribution of our token would be the Lago token, which is the governance token that it's similar to the FXS token on Frax. That would be the token that we would IDO or that we would try to do an initial offering for. And yeah, like I said, I think that we really want to make sure that we have those models 100% thought through rather than um, try to rush out and do something at the very beginning. Because also we don't know what the size and scale of this project is going to be. So trying to do something right now, like give out 10% of the supply or, you know, put an arbitrary number in could mm -hmm. really hurt the project in the long term as far as, yeah, the different ways that that would go. Oh, yeah, definitely. Specifically, I refer to the stablecoin itself and not the governance token that's governing the entire stablecoin. Yeah. Oh, looks like Sergio dropped off again. Um, so, I mean, really, yeah. Uh, the the stablecoin itself is going to have minting and redemption functionality that's going to allow it to be distributed. So there's not going to be any form of external selling of the token. It's all going to be done on chain in a decentralized manner. And we're mm -hmm. never going to directly be touching the supply of that. So like we couldn't like sell them or give them out. I mean, you know, it's that's part of our ethos as well to keep it decentralized. So, so can we in that case compare it to KDA and wrapped KDA. Like in CoinMetro, you got an option of just going, putting in KDA, taking out WKDA and vice versa. Will we be able to do the same? Like deposit 100 KDA and get hopefully 1,000 uh, Lago stable coins? Yes, I mean, it'll be similar in theory to how that works but the actual implementation is going to be more complicated just because of the way that we're going to do the capital efficiency. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can think about it from that way. It'll be a very similar type model to what they're doing with the wrap KDA product. Awesome. Awesome. And you know, would you like to tell us how the coin is actually named? I'm assuming a lot of people over here don't know what your stable coins name is. Yes, so the stablecoin's name is USD2. We thought about USD 2.0 as a way to bridge the gap between DeFi and TradFi. Um, you know, some people weren't exactly thrilled about the name, but we think that doing something that is more meaningful in the future is more important than trying to pay homage to the, you know, Kadena itself. So we want something where people will immediately see it and know exactly what it's supposed to do. We think that's one of the major issues that Frax did. You know, when you hear Frax, you don't immediately think it's a stablecoin. And I think that they've had some issues with, uh, you know, along those lines where that's the adoption has suffered because of that. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to do something that was more straightforward. Okay, that sounds uh, pretty darn awesome. Um, Adam. Yo. You here? How much of yep. your equity is right now in stablecoins? Uh, probably about 70%, 80%, just, just short of 80%, I'd say. Right. And how many yeah. of those 70 80% are on the Kadena blockchain? <laughs> um, <laughs> like three quarters of it. <laughs> you know, the, what do you mean three quarters? 100%. 
Well, no, it's not because I've, I've got like uh, some Solana NFTs that I should have really like sold. No, um, I mean, what, percent, what percentage out of your stable coins are Oh, now, right. Oh, all of them are non Cardano, obviously. So <laughs> we don't have any stables. Yeah. I know, and it's pretty annoying because yeah, when we do not have stable coins, we do not have an option of actually fueling in this economy, which actually brings up a question. Ah, Mad Sergio, I do really want to have a request. Is it a possibility of creating a one-way bridge, like from Ethereum and Cadena? Like you send money to Cadena, boom, you cannot send it back to Ethereum. I mean, yeah, it's of course a possibility. You could do that. Um, I think that there's a lot to gain, though, by it being bidirectional, especially in terms of just being able to get those Kadena assets to Ethereum where they go for a, to a wider audience. True. I did not think about that. But that's mainly because I'm greedy and I want all the money to come over here to Kadena. I don't want anything to leave. But does that mean that this applies uh, to NFTs as well? This could potentially apply to NFTs in the future. There's definitely some challenges right now with the standardization, like trying mm-hmm. to move those NFTs over. Um, I'm, that's actually not something that I'm as well versed on as far as that's concerned. I mean, I think it's possible in theory, but it's more about how you would integrate that over to Ethereum. And could you actually then integrate those with NFT marketplaces and other things like that, that would clearly be the goal of trying to get other liquidity to move to Ethereum. I think it will ultimately depend on what the type of NFT is, whether it is polyfungible or marmalade NFTs, and what the actual you know metadata of the NFT is. Because I'm looking at the NFTs that we have, and I'm thinking I would never want them to be on Ethereum because that would basically remove 80, 90% of their content. And that's not healthy for us, right? So I think in our case, that's not going to be an option. Yeah, and I think there's just a lot of complication about uh, splitting the liquidity between two different venues. I mean, you know, clearly for uh, newer projects, especially trying to get everybody to go to one venue is much simpler than saying, okay, well, you can buy it here and you can also buy it here. And maybe it's a better price here. Maybe it's a better price over there. There's obviously a lot of complication with that, especially for newer users. And what we're trying to do is, you know, decrease, you know, this complexity as builders, you know? Okay. And speaking of builders, uh, I know me and my team have had a wonderful seven months ever since the moment we decided to start building on Kadena. It wasn't simple. It's coming with a lot of challenges and every day we're solving something new and the other day some other problem uh, pops up. I I do want to know a bit about your experience so far as developers and builders on Kadena and on Pact. Are you guys enjoying yourself? Yeah, I would definitely say we're enjoying ourselves so far. Um, I think that the onboarding process to Pact itself is substantially easier than Solidity. I mean, there is a ton of issues with Solidity, specifically in terms of gas management, as well as, you know, just other exploits that are possible in the code. You know, with Mm -hmm. Pact, they have formal verification. I'm not sure how familiar everybody is with that. But basically, that means that as you write every single line of code, it will tell you whether or not it will function as it's supposed to on the blockchain. 
So this is a huge innovation compared to being on Solidity and doing proxy contracts and trying to understand, okay, how does this go here? And will this actually work? And the only way to test it is doing it, you know, on a test net. Um, we've had a much better experience building on Kadena than we have in the past trying to build things on Solidity. I'm not a developer myself, like far from it, but I did dabble plenty with Chainweaver. And I got to admit, you know, it's fun writing your own few paragraphs of code and then, you know, seeing the preview right before you sign the transaction, right? The outcome of the transaction. Like, it's bloody awesome. You actually know whether or not your transaction is going to be good and what's the output going to be. But as you're saying, it's something that we don't have anywhere else. Yeah, that's extremely cool. I agree with that. It's so nice to be able to just go on there. And then and you can also, without even sending something to the chain, get a call back so you can see what the variable is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's mm-hmm. super innovative by comparison. I think what Stuart and Will Martino did was it was amazing in terms of, you know, going from the ground up and building a completely new blockchain experience that would be more user friendly for somebody, you know, that came from like the traditional world. Oh, yeah. But uh, don't you think that documentation is a bit problematic? Or for you, it's not really difficult because you already come from this type of background and it's easy for you to onboard all of the knowledge that you want? I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Um, I think that they're going to fix it over time. I mean, I think like right now, I don't think the language is that complicated. And you can go on and you can look at any other smart contract that's programmed on there. And there's a treasure trove of information that you can gain just by looking at the different smart contracts and how they work. So, I mean, documentation is definitely good in the long term to get more developer adoption. But, I mean, it kind of makes Kadena a hidden gem right now, where if you can understand how to start building on it and get up to speed quickly, you're going to be far ahead of everybody else who's going to be waiting for, you know, more comprehensive documentation. I do definitely agree that the developers that are capable of actually developing without documentation will always have an edge against anybody else, but there's no other way of admitting it. Like when the documentations are not a hundred percent solid, right? You're going to have a bad time attracting builders that are not, you know, let's say triple A grade. I don't know how to define developers, but I can give you an example. Like uh, today, um, one of our devs was working on something uh, on the Marmalade code. And he suddenly noticed that he has a difficulty assigning a token, uh, a token to be used for the purchase of that NFT. Not understanding why he tried to search a solution and he couldn't find a solution anywhere because that was not documented. The only way for him to actually find that out was by diving into Chainweaver and finding similar models uh, of code deployed by other projects, projects that I'm assuming are more related to Kadena, and seeing actually what it is that they've done and basically pulling it out as a strategy to how to solve that. But it does make uh, things extremely tricky, right? for us, right? Yeah, definitely. We can spend hours trying to find those things, but it's not an efficient outlet of our time. That's true. But my argument to that would be, I think there's very similar things on Solidity. It's more like that there's multiple ways to do something 
I, I always say that there's 10 ways to do something on Solidity and eight of them are wrong. Either they're not gas efficient or they're going to cause exploits in the future. So I think that there's definitely trade-offs of both. And I mean, Kadena fixing their documentation is going to be much easier in the short term than Solidity fixing the way that their code runs right now and people having to be constantly worried that they're going to write bugs into it and you know, literally lose tens of millions of dollars, which is what's happening right now. And how are you supposed to be interoperable at this stage with another project when you're not even sure about your own code? I mean, I think it really proves challenging to the whole narrative around Ethereum that it's you know money Legos. I mean, right now, I wouldn't want to be playing with the Legos when you don't know how the other developers, what their processes are, what they know, how they're doing their back end. Yeah, there's a lot of issues there as well. Agreed, 100%. The only difference is that in Solidity, yeah, you go ahead, you have 10 ways of doing something, and you can copy-paste those 10 ways and find out which one is good for you. In Kadena, you got maybe one way or two ways that are documented, and for some ways, you don't have any documentation, and you've got to be the one yourself write that documentation but i think to an extent that is what's going to make us the early uh, generation of builders on kadena like you said so great because we managed to suffer through all of this and still persevere during this period in the market you know and the period of lack of documentation to actually build something that's going to be awesome and you know learning pack this way is extremely powerful when you're not being is spoon-fed everything you need to know. It really helps you to actually understand what's um, what's behind, right? What the poet actually intended when he wrote the code or the language. Oh yeah, completely. I would um, liken it to the early days of Solana. I don't know how many people tried to code in Rust back in the day, but the documentation was bad. They didn't have standards. Um, and eventually, you know, it just got better over time. And I think Pact is going to be the exact same way, except I think Pact is actually built from the ground up to be better. So I think in the long term, yeah, there might be some short term pain with this, but long term, it's just all upside from here. Definitely. I mean, just to just to clarify how much I agree, we have extremely good devs in our team. And yesterday, uh, Emily, you know, Pact Mama, Emily, uh, wrote a snippet of code in the Cadanians group and she asked for thoughts. And I sent that to our uh, devs and this war enacted with them arguing with each other, being so passionate about the code. One is saying that it's perfect because it will increase adoption. The other is saying absolutely not because Pact is built in a certain way. It forces you to write in a certain way, in a safe way. And both options are, you know, incredible but it's ultimately a decision of what is it that you want to do what is the goal of your code and right now in my opinion i love pact without actually understanding it because i know how safe it is yeah i agree i mean i think that that is a great aspect of pact and also just yeah looking forward into the future um it's just going to get simpler and simpler so you know and like i think that the beauty is that there might be different ways to do something, but at least at the end of the day, through formal verification, you know exactly what needs to do, happen and how it needs to work. Absolutely. And, okay, so another question, and I then think 
you know, we can add a few more people to the chat or maybe have them ask questions as well if they want to get to know us a bit. But let's say right now you go ahead, you finish the bridge, you finish the stable coin. What's next? Is it like a project that you finish and you move on? Or is this something that requires like full-time maintenance, both when it comes to code, both when it comes to uh, risk management? Uh, time will tell. I mean, the Web3 space is moving so fast, uh, so uh, unpredictable. <laughs> Look at the events of the last month, really. It's, it's, there's scenarios that you can't predict. And so we want to take it one step at a time, building the infrastructure one time. Really, the year when we will have seen how this, the, the bridge and the stablecoin are really play out well in the ecosystem. Also, how many other projects is, are building what and when, then we'll decide uh, um, if we stay the course or if we change direction. It's too early to tell. I love that. I love that approach of we'll get to that bridge when we're, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, I mean, explosive growth also in Cadena is uh, highly anticipated. So we don't know where that is going to uh, lead us. It's, 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 uh, there's too many factors and variables to, to try to predict, have a crystal ball and predict uh, what the situation is going to be in one year. I mean, humans are already quite bad at making predictions, but specifically in Web3 and specifically in Cadena ecosystem, I think it's a <laughs> blasphemy to try to predict stuff. <laughs> so we're just building. We would head low, build, and, and shut up, basically, <laughs> when it comes to try to make predictions. Oh, yeah, that, that's good. But I hate the fact that I said, cross the bridge when you get to it, and nobody laughed. Nobody recognized the pun, honestly. I did it. I did it. But I was muted. Ah, okay. Yeah, ah, I was okay. laughing too, but I was muted as well. We'll nah, save you. Well. Matt, what about you? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would just answer in a message in the main chat there. And I just tell, like, totally missed that. I do apologize. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Sorry, I've been neglecting everyone <laughs> with all with, with all the stuff that's been going on the past couple of days. Just, <laughs> just tell the mods to take care of it. Just tell the mods. I know, I know. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna start. Yeah, I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna let stuff go and let the mods take over some bits. I think uh -huh. and delegate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mad Sergio, just so you know, right now we're getting closer to our IDO, yeah. and we ramped up marketing a bit. <laughs> with with the rationale with the rationale that right we wanted to bring people outside of Cadena to Cadena right we said okay we're doing an IDO right now what's our best way of expanding and helping Cadena as well let's do outside marketing let's do marketing outside of Cadena and holy cow do I regret that decision honestly I do I do <laughs> It'll be it just makes me love the people over here so much more. Why would you regret? <laughs> Why would I what? A regret the decision. Spend two minutes in the mock Telegram group right now, and you will know. You will. Know. It's worth it. It's worth it. it just it's fine. It's just. Oh, you, it's one you of those cannot things. tell me it's worth it. 
it is worth it. They're our investors, you know. Maybe you know we appreciate them joining and um, interacting with us. That's, that's, I'm, that's, not, that's talking, I'm so. not talking about the investors. I'm talking about those that want to steal our money. All oh, right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Hopefully, not all of them are like that. So, yeah, this is this is a big problem. I keep receiving a lot of um, phishing and, and uh, social engineering. Uh, very, very cautious eye. Like opening emails in like when you're tired or or about to go to bed or you know, and bam, you're, you're done. So, I need to be Sergio, I think you're breaking up a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Today, uh, paper. I was trying to say that uh, I'm receiving a lot of phishing and uh, uh, other, and uh, there needs to be a lot of education going on with uh, with. Yeah. I have oh, so yeah. many so cool. like your tokens stolen and. Stuff and yeah, yeah, there is. There's, there's a lot of phishing scams going on. We, everyone just needs to be really, really super careful and stay vigilant. It's, it's, um, you know, this type of market is fetching like loads of desperation. You find even <laughs> everyone's trying to get money, um, and the the, the 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 links that they're going to the scammers to get, um, you know, the mimicking uh, the mimicking call groups, the mimicking projects. We like fairly recently, Hypersend um, had a thing that you know a scam group had been set up to clone the group identically. Uh, so everyone needs to just start be vigilant and just make sure that you verifying the links that you're clicking on and make sure that it's come from a trusted source, basically. Like all, all the more direct source, you know, from the actual project themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I mean, you just have to be so careful these days, especially with all the scammers, all the phishing links. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's so, not just emails; it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you know, even that. After everything, you click. You know, you can click stuff, and that can let the monsters in, sort of thing. You can give away access to your router through clicking on links. And it's, you know, I, I used to work in the sort of like utility industries, and we used to have to be like cyber secure, um, and have to have like an enhanced awareness, you know, compared to the sort of general public. So. Um, I, you know, I, I see all the the measures that we used to put in place, and then you see um, a user at home that have none of this. <laughs> they have no VPN. They have, you know, a lot. A lot of users are pretty naive about things like that. So. Um, I think there's definitely there needs to be something to sort of educate people about, you know, the the potential for um, scams and things like that. And the people do oh, yeah. there needs to be a, a big push for everyone to just. You know, make everybody aware. <laughs> Go to the trusted sources. <laughs> Don't risk anything. You know, it's your it's your crypto, it's your wallet. Um, you know, you need to be very careful. Your personal information it's it's paramount. I've read so many stories about NFT NYC with people stealing NFTs and such with like QR codes and uh, RFID scanners or whatever, right? Like, yeah. holy cow, people understand there's a ton of money in crypto and investors need to know uh, how to protect themselves. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, for, I'm sure whole, that's for a whole another conversation, we should schedule talking about security and uh, 
Um, yeah, oh, wow. I'm sure I'll make a really interesting discussion. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I'm just waiting till the moment that Mark gets a stamp that it's been audited and it's approved and it's all good. And at that moment in time, I'm going to be the happiest person on the planet. Honestly. <laughs> we'll be right there with you to celebrate. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So yeah. we've been at this for like 50 minutes already. Do we want to take a few community questions or something? Yeah, for sure. I'm sure. I'm bet, I bet some of them have got some questions they want to ask. Um, feel free to ask either of us, you know, Lago Finance or, or Mock. Um, we're both here to answer questions. So uh, just put your hand up and we'll get you up to speak. Mark, Mark. Mark, Mark. <laughs> I love saying that. I honestly yeah. love saying that. It's I'm never really going to stop saying. loving I like saying it. that. We need to send it viral. We need to get Mock, Mock trending on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. That would be pretty cool. We spent, we spent so long <laughs> talking about, okay, what's going to be our catchphrase? And, you know, Andre yeah. and Alex keep on saying, uh, what are they saying? Mind deep, dream big, mind deep, uh, dig deep, dream big, right? And I love oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, you know, our website designers cheesy, are but... telling us, yeah, and our website designers are telling us, mind your freedom. And here we are just saying mock mock to each other. And it honestly is the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you need something like really sharp, memorable. Um, and then Mock Mock's is sort of like, yeah, it's sort of grown in this community as well. You see it through chat rooms. So, um, yeah, something, 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 something to think about anyway. Oh, yeah, definitely. Hey, so has, has anybody got any questions at all for either of us, for anybody? I'm just wondering not, if they really you know. don't like us enough or are they just not interested in the things they say? Maybe they're just waiting for us to offer a white right? It, That's always <laughs> a possibility. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've tried that. I've tried it. I've tried uh, offering whitelist. I, I even offered to, uh, you know, a $50 cash prize for um, someone to come up and ask a question. And uh, no, nobody came up. Uh, Obi came up uh, from um, Cadex. He asked the question, and uh, he's, that's when he told me about tennis spaces and, um, you know, that they can actually sort of, like, record all of these, put them on Spotify for us and stuff like that. So um, we ended up, like, making a donation to them um, and setting up the tennis spaces pl platform so they can, that they're hosting, so they're, they're going to record, agree to record all those uh, spaces uh, going forward. So that's, yeah, really nice of them. And Matt, Sergio, what about you guys? Do you want to ask us something? Yeah, if you guys got any questions for us, it's a good point. Yeah. I think we so, should schedule another one and talk about uh, security and more, uh, more controversial aspects of uh, crypto assets being stolen. And that would yeah, be for anyone for today. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's cool. Well, well thank you very much. Oh yeah, excellent. Spaceman okay. saving the day. My brother. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for your time. Hey Spaceman. Um do do you want to unmute yourself and uh, go ahead and ask your question? Spaceman.
<laughs> he needs to. He need, you know, you'd think after all this time, he'd have upgraded his uh, his AI or you know his software to you know. He needs better infrastructure. He needs better infrastructure. Spaceman's AI is congested. Hey guys, so, sorry about the hey, spaceman. Hey bro. Okay. Hey, my cousin is that uh, to Lego finance. So I, I just want to know that uh, what are the experimental fallback procedures in case of a uh, uh, sudden uh, flash crash or market down, uh, like which which leads to death spiral. So in in those type of uh, instances, what are the experimental fallback procedures they are thinking? Well, our plan really is to be one. yeah, our plan is to be fully redeemable. So unlike other algorithmic stablecoins that have this issue, you know, like UST only had about 20% collateral backing when their bank run started, we're going to have full redeemability. So, I mean, if people want to do a bank run, that's totally fine. I mean, they can take their coins and they can move on and then we'll still be ticking. So we're not too worried about a situation like that just because of how different our structure is going to be. Does that mean that you guys are going to be over collateralized? Well, anything above one hundred percent exact is over. So, sure, if you want to see the way, yes. But the point is that um, empirically, if you look at the last four weeks, which have been pretty much uh, uh, five weeks, have been pretty much a test for stablecoins. You you see a that the global stablecoin market cap hasn't changed besides the disappearing UST and, uh, and be that the solid ones like USDC have actually increased their market cap. So um, I'm no problems with that. <laughs> yeah, all of like Frax. Uh, Frax has had the best um, peg stability of any other decentralized stablecoin, even the over collateralized ones. So, I mean, I think their model is clearly showing how robust it is by comparison because people don't have this overarching concern about having collateral that's very volatile i actually went over the frax token uh, contract on chain weaver on testnet it's looking pretty juicy pretty darn juicy actually yeah we like them we'll see uh we'll see if they get integrated as well um i mean i think the more stable coins the merrier from our perspective you know anything to help the cadena ecosystem is good news for us Absolutely. Okay, guys, I think uh, that's enough for today. Um, Matt, Sergio, thank you so much uh, for joining us. It's been a pleasure. And I think I can say for all of us uh, over here in the mock team that we're going to be extremely excited to have you guys launch and would love to have a stable coin finally on Kadena and in the mock protocol itself. So thank you for coming. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. And thank everybody for listening. It's, It's been great. Thank, Thank you. you. Goodbye. Bye bye. And mock mock. Mock mock. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Lago Finance discussion hosted by the miners of Cadenia, recorded on Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Mutation. It is the key to our evolution. It has enabled us to evolve from a single-celled organism into the dominant species on the planet. This process is slow, normally taking thousands and thousands of years. But every few hundred millennia, evolution leaps forward.
Diving through the forest, looking for the door to the portal Said it'll take me down a corridor I'm ignoring the warning, storing importance The cord looks sourced from ancient coordinates Smells like musty mutants, trust me I've been hunting bugs since the leaves started rustling I must be getting close, yo, the scene is disgusting Parasitic mutations, leeching off the country Grab a couple samples and defy their custody Feeding gamma rays to the beast at peak velocity Mutating awesomely, priests say don't wanna meet Taking all the scraps and feed them to the lottery Always evolving to defy the possibly These are the things that will scream irresponsibly Feeling uneasy, these genes get them off of me I don't mean to trip, but am I mutating properly? We are the mutants We are the mutants We are the mutants We are the mutants Unlock the lab, it's time to do this Breathing getting heavy, I can feel it in my arms, but I can't stop now Mutation It's an art form, don't be alarmed If you see me looking odd when I'm out on the farm Spinning crop circles in your yard, reaching the stars Need a way to get across, got this little mutation Let's me hack key cards, seen looking like it came out the first three saws Flexing like Rex when I mutate the precog Leaders trying to research this genetic seesaw Give me all the science and we'll leave you with the pre-slaw Riders believe, they bleed these endorsements Turning scientists into terrorist supporters Gotta seize the spoils and release the spores It's time to forage through DNA lore So sink it a swim, silly Alice, take the pill and see We're all mad here, taking over your facility We are the mutants We are the mutants We are the mutants We are the mutants Unlock the lab, it's time to do this We are the mutants We are the mutants We are the mutants Unlock the lab, it's time to do this Terrorist spaces.